0: Welcome to Big Business Briefs with me, Tracy Jones.
1: And me, Heather Noble. We're back to the old Zoom thing because what's happened this week, Tracy?
0: Oh, yeah. The, so there was me thinking my immune system was amazing and that I wasn't going to get COVID from my family. And just as they're coming out of self isolation, bam, I'm going into self isolation. I have the COVID. <laughs> I'm, I'm being, doing. I am doing all right. I'm. I. I think the symptoms are really weird. The collection of symptoms that people talk about. Um, you uh, know, they're so varied. But I appear to have, um, extreme tiredness, lots of sleep, and uh, lack of sense of taste and smell, which more than anything is really frustrating. So I can't really complain. I'm tired, and I don't want to eat or drink
1: and are you have you been able to work from home so that
0: I have yeah so that's been that's been very straightforward so really I've been very lucky to be honest and you've got a cold
1: yeah although I've come out the other side now I feel much better I did take to my bed on Friday because I was interviewing in the morning and then I literally couldn't function I was just a horrible snotty mess so I went to bed for the afternoon and um and it was much improved so uh oh, yeah.
0: good. the bed's the best place for a snotty mess to be honest you don't want Absolutely. to be Absolutely,
1: it was not it was not nice it was not <laughs> nice i felt terrible interviewing these poor people um like in the
0: corner of the room keeping away from everyone so uh yeah, <laughs> not ideal anywho Anyhow. But you've had plenty of time to research a new bit of social media New to us, it's not new to the world at all um, But you suggested we look at this article called um, How Brands Can Leverage TikTok yeah. And I thought, oh well, I'll give it a go um, TikTok are sponsoring um, Wrexham's football top this season hence, um, How I'm, are they? <laughs> I at least know the name And I'm sort of aware of what it does but I, I have to admit, I've been a bit of a laggard. I've not had the app until we started looking at this for um, the podcast. What about you? Are you a big TikTok fan? I,
1: no, I'm not. I mean, I, I have watched a few, particularly during COVID. You know, there were some there were some bits and pieces that came out, you know, and you just because basically what else were you going to do? Um, so, you know, various things of people lip-syncing stuff and and but it has limited appeal to me but not so the case for lots and lots of people younger people predominantly although it is sort of moving into
0: yeah some of us old fogies are into tiktok as well Heather
1: (laughs) but I don't think I don't even think it's like us old fogies I think it's You know, it's been the place where like 16 to 24 year olds. Yeah, it's not
0: aimed at us, is it really? No. As soon as the old folks get there, then the youngsters will move on to something else anyway. Yeah. It always happens. Yeah. Yeah,
1: whatever the next big thing is.
0: And plus, um, now there's articles all over the place about brands using TikTok. So I imagine it won't be quite as edgy as it used to be once the brands get on board. But it was a great article that you sent to me. Uh, It's uh, from Kelly Ellers. Ellers, E-H-L-E-R-S. Sorry, Kelly. Um, And she's a Forbes Council's member. And this is an article from July this year. I found it really interesting, mm-hmm. and I think if I was a brand considering TikTok, that's not a bad place to start. Actually, you can find it on the Forbes website.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we've talked in the past, haven't we, about um, influencers, and and I think that you know that there's a, a big part of that. This is sort of like the next stage of that so we've you know we've had various influencers influences you know with podcasts and blogs and um, and social media in general but this platform seems to be the place where you can have like punchy video um and you can set the scene as to who your brand um is aimed at you know and what sort of image that that portrays and yeah and I think that it's harder to do that on some of the other platforms. So I guess it's that immediacy. I, I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I think some of the tips in the article, uh, I'll just whiz through them now. So um, leverage the algorithm, for example, and the way TikTok works compared to other platforms is that it, it's not so much based on what you say you want to follow a more based on what TikTok thinks you'll want to watch. Yes. Yeah so so the the way that the algorithm works is quite important for businesses to understand um we've mentioned this before when we've been talking about social media but really don't overthink it they're not going for well curated videos it's about authenticity and um something genuine something organic you know so something off the cuff is better than uh, a you know, a professional video in this instance. And then it says, create a community, improve your visibility, hashtags are essential, and hop on trends quickly. And there's quite a few things in the article that I didn't know, because obviously I don't know TikTok at all. But I thought it was a really good starting place for me, certainly.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the biggie is that it's business to consumer. You know, so for my business... Or your business limited traction around aluminium and training but if you if you make if you make products or you make clothes or you run a venue where people might want to buy tickets or I think it's very much consumer-led isn't it Mm. But, but it is that whole it's coming at you rather than you going in to find to find it.
0: Yeah, I think as well, if you're an organisation that is based on a community, so when it says create a community, actually, if your organisation is fundamentally a community, so if you're a membership-based organisation or something where, where you want your members, your community to act in that sort of way, TikTok would seem like a good place for that. In fact, looking at another article that you sent to me with the 50 best UK brands on TikTok a lot of them were teams and sports teams so they've already got the inbuilt community and so their TikTok account lends itself really well to that community and to to feeding that membership and that community.
1: Yeah it's hanging out with your clan isn't it your tribe I suppose which again it's about the individuals it's not about it's the consumer isn't it so it's tapping into the people who uh, I guess a lot of the time are, are spending time on their phones in the moment seeing content I think there needs to be a lot of content on TikTok I, I, I don't think it's a case of like you were saying don't think you make an amazing video and then put it up and leave it up there for three weeks it's like what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing for, for people whose attention span is very difficult, uh, different to our attention span because of this sort of immediacy that that we've come to, yeah. to crave, I think.
0: And I think it is something that businesses should really consider. So just looking at some of the figures, um, in 2020, it was the second highest revenue generating app. And it's forecast to reach 1.2 billion global users this year. So if it's a sort of platform for your business, and you really should do the research before you launch into it, by the way, um, then I think it's well worth considering doing it right.
1: Yeah, and I I think, I mean, um, there was some information about, you know, Marks and Spencers had used TikTok for a campaign for valentine's day um to push their dine-in meal promotion and you wouldn't ordinarily expect marks and spencers to be hanging out in the place where the young you know the young folk are hanging out but um but they used um influencers as as part of their footage and that then tapped into the audience of those influencers so they were able to you know drill down if you've got somebody effectively endorsing something to the the
0: demographic that's on tiktok i suppose it's gonna um it's gonna have a positive impact well i I did download the app heather i've got an account on tiktok now i haven't put any videos on there but i i was um helped by the article about the 50 best UK brands on there. So I started to follow some of those on there. But indeed, as the other article says, they're not the videos I'm being shown necessarily. So it's not like I only want to see videos from um, these brands that I've followed. So, for example, the Black Country Living Museum, they've got a very interesting TikTok account. And number one on the on that article uh, of the top brands. But, but I haven't seen one of their videos yet Just in my feed um, Also you mentioned About Mark and Spencers um, uh-huh. Tango Ice Blast UK Has got a TikTok account <laughs> Guinness World Records Innocent Drinks McLaren Racing okay. um, Aston Martin There's some clothing brands ASOS And Pretty Little Thing Oh, something called Delish, which I like the look of. Um, food Hacks and Recipes, I like, I like the look of food. Um, Lad Bible, which you see all over uh, Facebook anyway. Um, let's have a look. MS Food is on there, so I, I thought I'd follow MS Food. s Food. The first um, video I saw was a Percy Pig, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Lush and Boohoo So these are all the ones that are in um, this top 50 CBBC has got its TikTok account Um, The England National Football Team Body Shop Sky Sports Young Driver Now that's a company that I'm aware of Because um, my son's got a voucher for Young Driver And he's going to have a driving lesson So he's a 12 year old He's going for a driving lesson in a few weeks time
1: Whoa, that's so a I thought I'd,
0: I'd follow Young Driver there and see how that all works out. Uh, Lipton, Lipton Tea is over 200 really? years old, but they've got a TikTok account. There you go.
1: I think what's really interesting is that we've got, so we've got like Aston Martin and McLaren Racing alongside Gardeners' Cookies. Candy Kittens. <laughs> yeah exactly these and a couple of like innocent drinks we've we've talked about in the past gym shark we've talked about in the past so you know, a real mix of people names that or or maybe that's my my age names that are very familiar to me and then names that that aren't at all um, yeah and you know not all of them i mean my cookie dough they've got 154,000 followers um Whereas Pretty Little Thing, I've got 1.6 million. Um, the Sun newspaper, eight um, 839,000. You know, the numbers um, are, are a bit strange, but then I'm not sure whether I'm looking at it, you know, through the eyes of somebody who doesn't even know what half of these things
0: are. <laughs> Some of the key takeaways in the um, 50 Best UK Brands article um This is by a company called Nonsensical, a social media agency and publisher, so I better give them a a name check. Um, They say the three main takeaways, don't be afraid to experiment with content because TikTok thrives on the unorthodox. Be true to your brand's values. Raising awareness won't count if the audience doesn't know what your brand stands for. And most importantly, don't make adverts, make TikToks.
1: That, I think that's quite interesting, isn't it? That it is, it's that, like you were saying, that sort of ad hoc, genuine, authentic content, not overly constructed, not overly polished, That's that sort of...
0: You've got real... to be brave as a company to do that, haven't you? Because um, it'll be all right for you. You are your company, aren't you? Mm, mm. But if you're Lipton's Tea and you're hiring somebody to... To run your TikTok account, you've got to give them enough rope, but not so that they'll hang themselves with it. You know that you they've got to have enough authority to put something authentic and of the moment up, but that you trust them to not completely trash your brand while they're at it.
1: Yeah, but I think that's true of of a lot of social media, isn't it? I, yeah, I, I yeah I don't I never really understand, and again, it's because. As you say, I am my business, so I couldn't really get anybody to do it for me because I'd have to be genera- generating the original content
0: out of what I do. But, um,
1: but yeah, well, I mean, I sort of...
0: Sorry, I, I interrupted then. Um, I was just wondering then, as you said that, say, for example, you decided, right, I, I now want to have a big presence on TikTok, but I'm too busy training and coaching today so i'm going to hire a company to do my tiktok for me would that work because that's not necessarily your genuine content is it
1: no absolutely and that's that's the thing i think even you know when you have people who write blogs for organisations so yeah okay i'm long overdue writing a blog on my own website but i don't think I, if anybody else wrote it it wouldn't be from my perspective and because i'm the sole director it, it it does need to be my content i think i, I mean maybe
0: wrong but or maybe you me... learn how to you need to learn how to brief somebody else to create your content
1: yeah then that sounds like i need to plan
0: <laughs> <laughs> damn it
1: <laughs> and then what well, and then that takes away that ad hoc immediacy yeah be much better to take a photo of a training room that i'm in or some weird thing that I saw on the way to a training room. Um, like, you know. But
0: You use the platforms that work with photos, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There was an article in the FT where they basically are saying businesses can't afford to ignore TikTok or whatever is the next big thing. And they quote um, Mark Zuckerberg, who said back in 2007 when Facebook ads launched, he said the next 100 years will be different for advertising and it starts today and that's you know 14 years ago nearly 15 years ago and already we've moved on a pace Facebook ads you know we're like
0: yeah you don't do ads
1: (laughs) no it's yeah it's things have really moved on so um yeah it's it's a matter I have no idea what the next thing will be that you know the whole saying that if you can imagine it it can happen well I can't even imagine it so I don't know what it could possibly be <laughs> you can't be.
0: imagine it and it will still happen anyway oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> in spite of that yeah so did you get TikTok app have you got it I have yeah I've had it for a while um and I
1: not I, I don't I don't spend a lot of time hanging out on it but I think I think as I say during lockdown um sorry I've just switched it on and it's playing (laughs) what's it playing like the whistling
0: something oh I'm oh I don't know (laughs) that now that's that's that is slightly worrying because I didn't realize my sound was on on my phone um and actually that's something I read somewhere that if you do a video, it's a really good idea to have uh, the captions on so that people can watch it with the sound off on their phone. Otherwise, yes, yes. they won't get what your video about, and you'll yes. miss some of the audience if they're watching it in in the workplace or when they're or in a classroom, to do a
1: podcast, or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's TikTok. So food for thought there. If you are business to business. Uh, but our review this week, I'm really excited about our review because this is possibly the first time that we have been sent something to review rather than us going out and finding something and buying a copy.
0: That's so exciting.
1: Isn't it? We've actually got sample copies for review of a magazine um, that I came across on Twitter um, on the, uh, on their Twitter account, and it's a magazine called Freelancer. Uh, it's a new publication. We've both got a copy. It's not Ooh. even like we've had to share a copy. Ooh. Both got a copy, um, and it's issue two that we have got. Issue three comes out in November, so they're bi-monthly. Um, produced by a lady called Sophie Cross, ladies called Sophie Cross, Angela Lyons, and Cecily Rain. And as you might expect, it's all about being a freelancer and things that are of interest to
0: freelancers. What do you think, Tracy? I really like it. Um, For a start, I like the shape and size of it. It fits square. It fits into my little hands quite nicely. (laughs) You and your little hands. Make me sound like a T Rex. I'm not. They're not that little. Um, But no, it's square and sort of the same width as a4 but but shorter isn't it so it's um yeah it's nice um yeah it's got a lovely feel to it I've I've had um a a good look through it and the content's good as well um really nice it did make me think oh I wish I was freelancing again but then again (laughs) then reading some of the other articles I thought oh I'm glad I'm not a freelancer again like avoiding isolation yeah glad I'm not a freelancer yeah
1: but, but actually, um, I think that there's some really interesting stuff in there anyway. In fact, I've subscribed to it because I'm, you know, there's some really interesting stories, different businesses. Yeah. I like the layout. Um, I like remembering, you know, some of the challenges that I found when I, you know, when I was um, when I first started out, you know, about co-working. There's loads of new newsletters. There's books. In fact, we're going to review a book um, that features in the magazine. So lots of bits of information mm. that are, are really interesting. And, and When you talk about different. the
0: co-working, sorry, uh, you talk about the co-working, I did check out the local suggested co-working places, and they do exist. I, I am aware of them.
1: <laughs> well, I one of them is Gladstone's them. Library in uh,
0: Harden, which... Is, we used quite a bit in the past yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a lovely venue um but yeah they've, they've got the co-working spaces um listed for all the different regions so, and i would say i would highly recommend gladstone's library by the way
1: <laughs> yeah oh absolutely absolutely i also need to give a shout out to kev adams who um who i think um is <laughs> according to the the editorial team one of their greatest fans, but the cover of this magazine, what I love about it is that they invited freelancers to send in their photos. And so the cover and that cover is full of, including Kev, um, it's full of like little fo- little passport type photos of all these people who are freelancers. Yeah, and they all just, are really friendly. Yeah, just a really nice, really nice touch. So, um, yeah, I love it. It's only it's £10 every three months which I think
0: is um, it's pretty good. It's not bad for, for the quality of the magazine. It's uh, it's glossy um, with thick cover and glossy inner pages. So, you know, it's, it's not cheap shit we're talking here. It's nice. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, it is. It is quality. The, also, one thing that I thought was really nice is that there's an article on page 80 to 81 uh, about uh, journalism. And... Um, And it says, this article was written by Emily, who did two weeks work experience with Freelancer Magazine. She's entering her third year at multimedia journalism at Bournemouth University. And so she's actually written an article. And I think that's, you know, that's a brilliant thing. It just, it shows that I think the magazine is, is kind, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's Uh, giving opportunities and a, Little bit of work experience for somebody who would probably struggle to to get that sort of experience. And every section, I, th- I think, like like you say, the articles are, are relevant. They seem well written, um, and uh, even a little calendar of uh, freelance events. I couldn't think of anything that I thought, oh, wouldn't it be good if they covered this or that because. Uh, From what I know of a sort of self-employment, freelancing type work, they've pretty much covered the breadth of it, including, I've got to say, (laughs) the thing that appealed to me, was just a a double page spread with nice things to shop. You know, sometimes when you're working and you need a bit of downtime, you might just want to browse where to buy a nice towel from or some nice art or nice cards. Yeah, Yeah. that that really appealed to me.
1: kind of um, a sort of um coffee break yeah a couple of pages isn't it and you and you can send in information if you have got a product that you'd like to feature you can email them and um and they'll see if they can they can put you in i also think that all of the advertising now, okay it's only episode, it's only um issue two so i don't know you know it's difficult getting advertising for for magazines but at the moment all of the advertising is relevant to freelancing you know they haven't they haven't had to bring in other stuff um so i I think every it's absolutely true to itself um I, i like it yeah podcasts newsletters to sign up
0: to as i say books um I like the article, um, A Day in the Life of, because it's an interesting little peep into another freelancer's world, isn't it? And you can see some similarities and some differences, maybe get a bit of inspiration and maybe have a little laugh as well. You know, people's lives can be more interesting than your own sometimes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) most of the time. (laughs) Most of the time in my case. They've also got some... um, some sort of virtual tweet ups so you can hang out with people um, for an hour for freelance chat uh or um thinking about uh what have they got content so like a sort of content club where people bounce around ideas of content and you know what to what what sort of stuff to put out there but what I thought was really lovely is it says, you know, what? Who are you? How did the idea come about? When did it start? Blah blah blah. And then it says, what not to do? And it says, don't come along to plug yourself. Don't be a
0: dick. <laughs> I think that should be the rules of all networking, shouldn't <laughs> <goodness. laughs> it? The rules of this meeting are: don't be a dick. <laughs>
1: yeah. it's only that. Yeah. If only that were written on every door. So it gets a thumbs up from me. As I say, I have subscribed um, and I'm already looking forward to the next issue, um, which has got all all sorts of things. Let's talk about sex work. Um, Do give up your day job, uh, mental health, uh, get into bed with Google, uh, all sorts of things.
0: Yeah, What we're listening to, what we're reading. I'm not freelancing at the moment, but I still thought it was a really good read. And I think um, of all the things that I've read in the past, this is you know really up there in terms of really hitting the right spot for its target audience. Where, where did you sign up, Heather?
1: And so I went to their website and um which is freelance.co.uk. Um yeah, and I just feel, so I think it's it's uh, £10 every three months and a little bit of money for um postage but uh, but you're not you're not committed for years and years and years on end and i think i mean even for for the podcast i think there's some really interesting bits and bobs that um that we might uh, might get us thinking about
0: yeah actually this is this is interesting um i, I meant to mention this on the inside cover uh, at the front um the is details of a spotify account with a playlist to accompany the magazine oh so the issue 2 uh, playlist on spotify so oh, listen to the magazine i thought that's a nice touch
1: i yes i hadn't seen that that's absolutely brilliant yeah no it's good. Okay so um thank you for we're so excited but thank you um and to be honest if we didn't like it we would have said we didn't like it so uh.
0: yeah if you've <laughs> listened to any of our reviews of books that we don't like we we would have or 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 evaded that question but we yeah. genuinely do like it.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we we have I've voted I've put my money where my mouth is and uh, and I think we yeah we both agree it's good work. So well done Sophie Angela and Cecily. Long may it continue. And uh, as I say, check them out on Twitter and follow them. They're always posting all sorts of uh, interesting snippets. So profile time now, Tracy.
0: Yeah, well, I was really pleased with this one because the, um, the research I did led me onto a book, which I then spent all my time reading instead of doing research. That's my excuse. So I was so <laughs> taken. By the book that this person recommended on Desert Island Discs, that I spent two days reading the book. <laughs> well, okay. So and first of all, the the person we're profiling this week is British entrepreneur uh, Thomas Ilube. I- I say Ilube. I've <laughs> listened to his name so many times on Desert Island Discs, and Lauren Laverne has said it so many times, and still I've come to say it. And I'm um, oh, why are we so rubbish with names? It's just rude of us, isn't it? Anyway, yeah, it's
1: quite it's
0: quite an unusual
1: name. I mean, it's not like we're trying to pronounce you know blogs and getting it wrong. <laughs> it's, it's spelled I L U B E.
0: Yes. Now, the reason he popped up was I saw that he was on Desert Island Discs on the third of October, just gone. And always get excited when we see a business person on Desert Island Discs because I think personally you get a really good insight into insight into them as as a person. You get to hear what books they read. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and then there you, you go. read them. Yeah, um, so. Did you listen to Desert Island Discs or did you research it a different way, Heather?
1: Yes, I didn't listen to Desert Island Discs. Um, I ended up watching some um, little YouTube videos of him speaking, which I absolutely loved. He's got a very nice voice um, and seems quite a a gentle person, like not flaky, but just, just quite straightforward and...
0: He he comes across really nicely on Desert Island Discs. I haven't seen any videos, Um, so I've I've read around um, his profile and listened to his interview with Lauren Laverne. And, yeah, he comes across as a really nice, genuine, but as you say, gentle sort of guy as well, which um, you don't always get in in the world of the entrepreneur, do you? No.
1: I wasn't that keen on his um, music choices. What did you think? Because I, I went and had a look at the list.
0: I think it's cool. I knew I was onto a winner with him when he chose the Doctor Who theme tune right at the start. Oh, well, there we go.
1: Have you still <laughs> got a cutout, a life size cutout of Peter Capaldi as the Doctor?
0: Uh, no, we burnt him on the bonfire. Oh. Not 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 for any symbolic reason. He just the cats had attacked him a bit. Um he might be Doctor Who, but my cats can still fell him. So <laughs> Okay,
1: I wasn't expecting that answer.
0: <laughs> I burnt Doctor Who on now the No burnt
1: him. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he chose Doctor Who. Um Sweet Mother. Um which is an African song, which I, the story behind it was lovely, Heather. It was about his mother, and the story is about the sacrifices that mothers make. Uh, the Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzie. which is, I think that's cracking. I yeah, love right. the Lady Smith Black Man Basso version of Swing Low Sweet Chariot. Uh, Janet Jackson, neither here nor there for me, but he chose that because that was the sort of soundtrack to his honeymoon with his uh, wife, Karen. Um, family Business by Kanye West because he's from a massive family and they all like to get together and have um, you know, get family gatherings. So that that sort of seemed appropriate there. Uh, Mr. Bojangles is the one that he would choose to take with him if he couldn't take any others. So Mr. Bojangles is him, he says. Um, okay. He is Mr. Bojangles. Okay. And interesting that he said that he's a person who is both happy and sad at the same time. And that's oh. where he, he connects with Mr. Bojangles. It's a happy okay. song, but a sad song, but a happy song. And he is both happy and sad at the same time. Okay,
1: that's... Wow,
0: yeah. And a change is going to come as well. Uh, a, a really nice version of a change is going to come. So I, I thought his music choice was OK. And his book choice was... was special I, I knew as soon as i heard this that this is not a book that would go anywhere near your bookshelf heather and it's called the wormwood trilogy and i've read the first of the trilogy um and it's a uh, speculative sci-fi fiction oh god but, um it's really interesting it, it a lot of it is based in nigeria it's it's a nigerian based sci-fi Absolutely fascinating to understand some of the um, cultural and, and societal uh, norms that are going on, as well as all the sci-fi and speculative sort of stuff that's going on as well. It's, it really, really good. It had me enthralled, and I can see why he would want to take it um, onto the desert island with him. I thought his luxury item was genius. It, he wanted to take Jigsaw Puzzles, But he thought he might get through them a bit quick. So he's going to take a solar-powered AI puzzle generator. Okay. um, That he's inventing himself. It's got um, a 3D printer and and it's going to generate new puzzles for him whenever he needs them.
1: Okay. I'm guessing he hasn't actually invented it. He's just created it in his mind.
0: I I think so, yes. Yeah. uh, Well... I don't know. I actually I, I I built a certain trust in him while whilst listening to him on Desert <laughs> Island. So I, I I feel that he could do that if he wanted to.
1: <laughs> I, I know what you mean about the trust thing. I was I was watching a TED talk and um to start with, you know, basically uh, he 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 reels off not in a not in a bragging sort of a way, but he just reels off that, oh, he worked for the London Stock Exchange, Cooper, Goldman Sachs, Egg Bank, founded the Hammersmith Academy, um, you know, has, has worked at all sorts of levels with all sorts of organisations, and he's actually quite honest about things that he's achieved, mistakes that he's made, things that he's learned, um, and he was giving some top, Management tips, um, five insights for managers. Uh, and he he, he, said, he talks about how you know um, storming is is the norm when it comes to teams. Um, he says, don't underestimate the power of silence. You know, sometimes as, as a manager, just shut up and listen. And he also talked about something that a term I've never heard before, but I think it's 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 excellent. He said, don't listen aggressively. Sometimes if people are talking to you as their manager, they, you will be listening to them as their manager. And they might think that you are listening to criticize or to make judgment when in actual fact, you need to just listen and not listen to you to do anything other than absorb what they've said and then reflect on it. And I've i've never heard that term before but it's one that i'm going to be using all the time in my training (laughs) now um he says that context is key that you need to tell stories to help your team your staff understand the context of a situation he says that you you are not looking to your team to seek their agreement you want them to challenge you want a team that is is prepared to challenge you don't just want yes men um, even though there are people out there um, who who want yes men, and his fifth one was if you're going to fire somebody, fire them on a Thursday morning. But he, he then said he would come back to that, but I've not been able to find out why it is Ooh. that you fire somebody on a Thursday morning. I, I, I feel like I need
0: to contact him to ask him to clarify you that ask him the question. I
1: might do that through um through LinkedIn. Um, there's a website called Archive Sit dot it's got lots of interviews with lots of different people on there and he's interviewed on there and um he he talks about his failures he says that you know he's um he's he's pitched for money from all sorts of people and been turned down over and over again he had 16 interviews to get his job at Goldman Sachs um uh even when I asked my wife to marry me the first time she said no um so he's very He's very transparent about that. His success hasn't come easy.
0: Yeah, um, and I think that you know I think that's that's important. I um, think well you you'll find that um, he he will have faced an awful lot of racism. I mean, what was born in sixty three, so yeah. growing up in the sixties and seventies, that that wouldn't have been easy. And and then he spent a lot of time in Uganda, and and he said. I think he was—he was talking about his dad saying that his dad never really shied away from racism. He would challenge it, but he—he he said he had this um, one moment when he was working. I think it was when he was in the stock exchange or, or similar. You know, so he was working for okay. a big, um, shiny company, and. Um, one of his colleagues saw him in a bar after work one night, as as you do, uh, as you did then go to um, a bar after work. Um, and he said that this guy came up to him and said, you know, um, a few of my friends would see you strung up from a tree. Have a good okay. evening. And he left it at that. And he said, well, he didn't know how to handle that. He, you know, he's a young guy in his twenties. How how does he handle that? Does he take it to HR? Does he raise it with anybody? And as it happened, he decided that he probably wouldn't get anywhere if he did raise it. And he's probably right. You're thinking about certainly around in the time. Um, he was saying, you know, he probably would have been, yeah, they'd have probably been saying, oh, here he is. He's only been here a few weeks and he's he's, um, using the race card. But he gave a beautiful example of another company he worked for. Again, another glossy, shiny company um, in in one of his um, roles. And I think he said he was going round putting lights off and shutting doors um, after everybody had left. He went into one meeting room and there was a picture of a monkey drawn on a whiteboard. And with his name underneath it. And apparently the the head of the company found out about this. And what he did was he, he, he wrote to every single employee and said, there is no doubt about this. I do not want you working for my company. This is not what this company is about. I will never find out who has done this. But you'll know who you are and know that I don't want you working for me. And I thought that is an example of how to lead the culture of a company. Yeah, um, yeah. And and, and I for him to to use that, remember that, you know, all those years later, that clearly, you know, was a very powerful way. Well, it's a comparison, isn't it, between the, the two approaches. Yeah. One where he felt and- that if he said something, it would have no impact. And the other one where the head of the company said, I'm choosing... To you know, to support you yeah. and not the person who did this,
1: yeah, it's a very clear message to the whole organization. I'm standing alongside this guy, so anybody's got any problems, yeah, you don't belong here, you're not, yeah, you're not, you're not what I want. And he's now, um, the uh, the chair of rugby football unions, which makes him the first black chair of a major sport in England, you know, that's because of the work that he's done, not because of the colour of his skin, but because of the work that he's done and um, and where he's got himself to in terms of being the best person to run that organisation, because his experience is vast.
0: Yeah. He, he left the role um, of a non-exec director of the BBC yeah. um, to take up this role of chair of the Rugby Football Union. Um, and in Desert Island Discs, he was um, asked... What were his priorities now? And he said um, improving diversity on and off the pitch, and also women's rugby. Yeah, uh, his focus is on equality and diversity.
1: This um, this interview on Archives IT, um, there's a whole section on the importance of inclusion, and you know some of the things that he that he feels and believes, and you know. It's, he says that, you know, me being appointed as a black man is a big step forward. Um, I'll be the first and only black chair of any national sports governing body in the UK ever, which on one hand is quite surprising and almost shocking given the number of black people involved in sports. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's another step forward, another barrier broken. The next person who's appointed won't be the first, they'll be the second and the third, and it will become more normalized. So, um, really interesting interview on all sorts of subjects, um, his business, you know, businesses, his management style, um, on, uh, large tech companies on Bitcoin, on the Academy that he helped find to found. Um, yeah. I like
0: it. I, I would also like to say that, um, and another reason to, to like the guy is, um, he, he told a little story about, um, how he studied, um, Applied physics. He studied at a Nigerian university. He struggled to get um, a job after that. He went to London looking for work and he got a break working for British Airways. And he said that this, uh, this person... Uh, took a punt on him essentially. That I'm not using his words. Um, you know, this guy guy with the strange um, physics degree, um, and they they took a punt on it. And actually, um, rec- in recent years, he's he's searched that person out to say thank you for taking a wow. chance on me because that's what started his career.
1: That's lovely. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. So never heard of him until. You mentioned you found him on Desert Island Discs, not literally found him on the Desert (laughs) Island, but you found him on Desert Island Discs. And I'm really glad that you did because um, there are lots of snippets of TED Talks that um, were not, uh, sorry, not TED Talks, interviews uh, on YouTube that he, um, I think I said TED Talks earlier. It's not TED Talks. Have you been
0: saying TED Talks all the way through?
1: Yeah, it's YouTube. It's YouTube. (laughs)
0: Okay. Um, Sorry, it's not TikTok. Shall, shall I go all the way through this recording and every time you say TED Talk, just replace it with YouTube? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I'm yeah. not doing
0: that. <laughs> not doing that, Heather.
1: OK, well, pro- you'll let me off. You'll it's let
0: me authentic. Off, sure. yeah, it's authentic, yeah. authentic. Yeah, this is not Yeah, be perfect. perfect, can we, eh? <laughs> what you hear is what you get.